2: What is up and welcome to Believe in High School Basketball, Episode 5. I'm your host, Bryce Ronquillo. So thankful, so grateful to be here on air today. Thank you for joining me. Believe in High School Basketball is proud to be a part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals, and the number one network in Los Angeles for sports podcasts. Let's get it. Wednesday, December 2nd, and we have a very special guest for you today, Listen, if you, if you played AAU anywhere in SoCal or on the West Coast and you looked in the far corner of the gym and, and you saw the, this skinny white dude standing in 2XL in <laughs> shorts, typing on his phone, recording the games, yeah, that's right, you know who I'm talking about. Pleased to welcome the first guest on the show, Matty Kovac. Pleased to welcome you, Matt. Uh, the,
1: thank you. And, uh, actually, uh... Half white, half Asian. So I want to give a shout out to my Pacific Islander cousins out there. <laughs>
2: oh, sorry. There we go. We'll, we'll, we'll get that uh, get that clarified. Oh, I didn't know that. I did not know that you were half Asian. You learn something yeah, yeah. every day.
1: Yeah, I am a. I am a. Uh, half of me is an Asian mess. We're talking Filipino, uh, Chinese. Yeah, it's it's uh it's pretty well di- uh, diversified on that side.
2: <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I, how did I not know this beforehand? That's that's so funny my my I, I like my wife's filipino my, I, so uh, that's funny
1: oh okay <laughs> i like to consider myself honorary hispanic too growing up in azusa with my azusa roots so that's right your your you're there, right
3: <laughs> that's right
1: <laughs>
3: that's
2: awesome but yeah
1: thanks uh th- thanks for uh, having me on you know outside of uh being on that uh devin uglin and ronnie flores podcast this is definitely up there
2: <laughs> yeah yeah shout out to uh the in the paint show my ball is life hosted by Devin Ooglin, Ronnie Flores. They do an awesome job um with their show. I'm I'm a frequent listener and yeah, I remember listening to that episode with you and you sounded great and I was like, "Oh, when I start my show, definitely got to have Maddie on." And um here we are, first first show yep, that I have a yep guest there. on. Um and yeah, just just uh introduce yourself a little bit um for those who don't know who you are. Your your Twitter bio says you're an independent basketball consultant slash freelance scout. It says, helping my friends while making new ones through basketball. So summarize to my listeners what that means to you and um, you know a little bit about where being involved with in basketball has taken you.
1: Um, well, from the beginning, before I started doing all this, I put in about seven years of coaching uh, at Ayala High School in Chino Hills. Um, that's pretty much where I developed my base uh, to understand the game and see the game under um, coach Gregory, who is now in the CIF hall of fame. Uh, he was inducted uh, I think three, four years ago. Um, the same night Chino Hills won a, uh, I think uh, got to the finals. Um, and also coach uh, Kenny Donovan played a big hand in this, just learning from him on the lower levels. Um, just being a part of that program was just, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I kind of haven't really stepped back in because as good as I could have it in another place, I just don't think I can have it as good as that. And it was just a same page program, all the coaches working together, you know, um, bottom line life skills through basketball uh, for the players. And, you know, it it was just amazing to be part, especially where I came from, uh, small city in Azusa where, you know, athletics isn't that much of a big deal as it is as you know, when I get to a city like Chino Hills, it's like it was a complete eye opener from the talent level to um, just the level of competition. I, I mean, I remember my first year in in oh three oh four. You know, we get to um, we get to the quarterfinals, and we're at Long Beach Poly, and just just being there and it's seeing quite the that matchup. instead of just <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just oh, it was just you know that's the stuff you read about. And then just, just being involved and then just seeing the program do what it did, you know, whether we had, you know, high, high major players like a Darren Moore or Stephen Gilling, or we just have, you know, some of my favorite teams, just the local neighborhood talent to where, you know, we maximize and and I think the funnest part of it was, you know, taking taking a team and grinding to to third place and getting into the playoffs and making some noise. Mm-hmm. So um, and that, was, that was kind of the beginning and where it all started for me. And then I um, got out of the coaching game around, I think, about 2010-ish. And I, I wanted to stay involved. And um, I started going to tournaments and going to games and just taking notes for some of the coaches I know. I just, you know, write down teams and what their tendencies are and their players. And, and so basically scouting reports. And I just email them. And that would help me stay involved in the game. And um. Then I started posting things on a, uh, you know, good old Twitter, good old social media. And as I started posting scores, I started, you know, catching some players, taking some pictures for, you know, whether it's a player I knew or a coach I knew and just started putting it out there. And I can't remember when the video part exactly started, but I think I caught a game winning shot. It's like, yeah, I might as well get this on video. Maybe I can put it out there. So I caught that and the light bulb kind of went on to where, you know, I don't really have to wait for the, for the end of the game, if it's close, I can kind of. You know, be, be kind of like a play by play source and, and keep the audience involved. Um, and it just it really took off from there to where I really started uh, just. Just digging, digging more and, and getting more info on these teams and, and just understanding what I can do for not only, you know, your your big shot teams out there like your you know you're at a and 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 so on but you know a lot of these local smaller teams you know whether it's in orange cali the valley or you know where i usually am the san gabriel valley they they could use a little bit of love you know they could use a voice and so it just i don't know i don't remember when it took off but it just it took off from there and i haven't looked back and um as you pointed out just uh, helping my friends making new ones i just it's it's just so much fun to be in the gym and just to help help guys out. You know, whether it's a, a player and you know, on the guys or the girls side, you know, hey, you know, using my coaching perspective to help them out and you know, hey, I saw this, maybe you could have done this. Or just or just being, like you say, I'm I'm in the corner, just being an ear. And I, I understand, you know, what these coaches are going through from the, the, you know the teams who have nothing, you know, don't have any talent. And they're just working their butts off trying to get some wins um, to to the top top the, um, top teams in California. So, you know I I've seen the entire spectrum and and I have a clear understanding of it. So um, and just you know while ma- that making new ones, I think is also is probably the funnest part because I I've really gone out of my way to some of the coaches that I've admired from afar, whether it's a Kleckner at Owanda or a, or a Larry Shelton at Downey, you know, mm-hmm. or even someone you played, played for George Dan at Cantwell to, I want to get to know these guys. I want to kind of pick their brain and, and then down the line, maybe help them out, you know, um, and, and just, it's funny. Like even a coach, Coach LaDuke at Damien and coach Matt Dunn at St. John Bosco. Those guys were in the Sierra league when I was coaching at IOP. So I really went out of my way to you know, get to know those guys, you know, coach Dunn's kid goes to the same school as my, um, my nephew. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I just, I, I'm, as you know, I mean, I've, I've gotten to know you through all this, you know, and it is just, it's just a fun ride to, and, you know, I know I'm rambling here, but
2: no, I just, no, it's just, it's this just is great stuff.
1: <laughs> it's just so much fun to just stay involved and, and help, help the guys and girls out there and help all those coaches that I know. And, um, and like 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 I said, just making the new ones. The, the people that I've got to come across, who I've been able to help, but also who've been able to help me out. Um, yeah. that's the, it's it's just the return of the favor. And then like even where you're at right now at APU with Coach Bond, Coach Bond's been so good to me. You know, you've been good to me. You just, you know, it's just great to make connections in a positive way. And it just it's just the ball keeps rolling. So
2: yeah, and here we are. <laughs> Absolutely, I said on my first episode, my first episode, I believe that the this business this basketball um this level the, like the high school prep level it it's a family yeah. and y- you get to know everyone that's in that that realm that that family and like like you just mentioned as the years go on you start to grow those relationships and then you start helping each other out and i think that's just right. one of the most beautiful things about this level and Mm -hmm. i wanted to make this podcast to highlight exactly that highlight the guys like you who are just looking out for other people don't necessarily have really selfish intentions other just to get your basketball fix and and just go watch some good some really awesome hoops i mean that's how i got to know you you were at every tournament i was working in and i was like hey who is this guy and you know I, i believe you were um you know, I saw you talking with like Coach Downer, who's at um, San Luis Obispo now. Shout out to Justin Downer, and um, for sure. Then that's how I got to know you, and and just saw you around. Then you started popping up at APU. I'd see you at this gym. I'd see you at a you know <laughs> sure high school games when my brother was playing, and it it, it just you grew go. <laughs> from there. So yeah, I, lo- I love that. I love what you do. I love that you cover uh the the ones that do not get as much love because there it, it unless you're Sierra Canyon and half of your games are on ESPN then you really aren't getting much love in in high school basketball you're not going to get seen all that much unless you really really put a lot of effort into it and you you just make it a little easier for for those those players and for coaches uh to get access to to, to good players and, and to see them. You're tweeting play-by-play. That's uh, also really cool because you go on Twitter, because there's a lack of coverage in high school basketball, you just want to know what's going on. Like, oh, what's the score of this game? Right. and You don't have <laughs> access to that, but you go to Matt's Twitter and then you see, you know, the play-by-play there. So um, really, you do a really awesome job. I, I commend you for all that you do just, you know, putting out stuff on social media.
1: Oh, that it's, it's again, it's, it's my pleasure. Again, it's just all altruistic reasons. It's just selfless. I I want people, especially during this time of year, like, you know, this was at this time last year, probably the busiest week when it comes to high school tournaments. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It It is so weird. At this time, there was, there's nothing going on. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that was another thing. It's just, it's, it's not, I don't like really putting my opinion out there unless it's on a player. Hey, this kid did a good job. I just want content to help people like turn tournament brackets and tournament schedules, even summer and fall league. I'll just throw it out there because somebody wants to know, I don't care what an opposing coach might say. They always want to know where their league rival is playing, whether it's a spring league or a fall league, you know, <laughs> or a summer yeah, league, exactly. they always want to know. They're always curious. Hey, how did they do? There's always that curiosity. And, they can't deny that because I've been there, and and oh, yeah, like absolutely. you mentioned, just like you know, covering sure, be you know, going a little harder for people that I know, like and just and finding teams in the middle of, uh, like the Taquitos Titans four or five years ago under Brad Smith made a made a uh, semifinals run, and they got all the way to semifinals, ended up losing at Corona Del Mar or Twenty Nine Palms. I, I saw them a year before they won the CIF title. I think think in 2017. So seeing that team, it was a one day showcase at Los Osos and you see like, you know what, this team puts it together the following year, they can make a run. And I tried, I tried the following year, I tried the whole year to get them and to go see them, but it just, the schedule never worked out and they were just too far. And I just kept keeping my fingers crossed during CIF and just watching the bracket play out. You know what, they should be able to make a run here. And it all worked out, and I got to see them at Azusa Pacific, and they, and they hoisted that CIF title. So, again, just looking yeah. out for the little guys as, love as well it. as, you know, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, so you, you've – obviously there's not a whole lot of hoops going on right now, especially in mm-hmm. California, and we'll, we'll talk more about that a bit, a bit later, just the current state of high school sports, high school basketball, and in our state here in California. But uh, you have been covering – uh, some some showcases you you a couple weeks ago you went to the elite 100 they had their Juco showcase their tournament as well their uh their their elite 100 for girls as well uh talk to me a little bit about what what you saw there did not get i didn't get to see it but you know kind of kept tabs on twitter and and also seeing you know who who did well in the in the highlights there's a couple guys who I thought you know made a name for themselves they they were really popping on Twitter but what did you see while you were out there?
1: um a whole lot <laughs> uh, first first of all great job to the west coast elite family uh, mr silver mr simon um guys who you you are very familiar with um just running that event as clean and safe as possible uh you had everybody in in kind of separated places you had parents upstairs um, in masks social distancing temperature checks i mean they covered everything they possibly could um And it was kind of like a pod, not so much a pod system, but just kind of a grouping system where I think it was six teams at a time. And they all rotate playing each other on three courts and then they rotate them out all in the same exits. Um, and then they pretty much wipe down, you know, each gym, whether it's chairs or, um, so many moving parts. Yes. Spraying, spraying it down. And uh, they had one of those sanitizing misters and, um, So yeah, that part I I thought was as impressive as you can be. Just covering all bases and 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 doing as much as you can, just to you know kind of keep it a safe environment. Um, Also on the girls' side at the Croc Center, uh, Sully Carter did an excellent job running that. Um, But what I I saw, uh, it was an event that I was kind of waiting for, just because it had everything. You had your JUCO, um, you had the girls' 100, you had the uh, the guys' 100. So I was able to knock out. You know, see as much as I could. Um, the the JUCOs had some full teams. You had uh, 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 Coach Hunter taking uh, taking his uh, East LA East LA squad out there, and yep. they were all together. Um, Shout out Coach I, Ken I, some, Hunter. That yeah, you said that's a team you're familiar with. <laughs>
2: yeah, I love my Huskies, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's and and they played Husky basketball. Just given the circumstances of where everybody is now, you know, you got. You got what you normally expect from from East LA. Um, they had a couple of George Washington Prep guys, uh, Hanson Clark and Noel Scott. Um, Samane Stewart was out there. Um, just your typical group Also, guys in, in tough-
2: there were they on? They were on those teams at, at Washington Prep that made their run in the in um, city section. I think they they got a couple state games as well. And uh, and yeah, mm-hmm. Noel Scott, I, I definitely remember that team.
1: Yeah, so they, they, of course, you know, they play together really well. Uh, Ventura had their whole group. Um, sophomore, sophomore point guard Jelani Bell uh, and his backcourt mate Devin Cole. Um, and again, just there, what what I like about this is um, some of the West Coast elite teams played up in this thing. So you had some high schoolers button heads against some JUCOs. So I thought that was really good. There was one game where I think Ventura was playing Max Goltz's team and Ventura jumped out to a, I don't know, 25, nothing lead, but I, at least from my perspective, I thought that was great because it just, this is, this is what you need to play against. You know, <laughs> especially now where you're looking for any kind of competition, you're playing against guys who are going to be making one more jump to another level um yeah. and it showed early but if the, you got to play it, against second...
2: 22 year olds shoot go out and play against two, 22 year olds
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: how else are you gonna get better yeah.
1: absolutely so they got their i hate to say it, like they got their teeth kicked in the first half but in the second half they were a little more comfortable they adjusted their speeds and they they played really well uh, caleb gilbert uh from ventura high school i thought was really impressive um just a smooth stroke uh doesn't look the part, but a um, little more athletic than people give them credit for. Um, so that, that, that group was fun to watch. And that was a group from, I want to, I'm not sure where this is located in California. I want to say it's the central Valley, probably past Fresno, like it's players from um, De La Salle, Doherty Valley, Clayton Valley, okay, Monta Vista. Um, That was uh, Josh Calvert's Columbia team. But uh, they had a point guard, Aiden Sevilla, who played in the Juco Showcase and then played in the Elite 100, who was really, really impressive. Goes to Darty Valley. He's a senior. Um, So, yeah, the the King of Kings was was good. And you've seen some familiar faces out there. Evan Oliver, uh, who's at Chico State. He was out there just, I mean, just getting some work in, just getting some reps um, out of Riverside, Poly. Yeah, so it was it was it was a nice mix for that King of Kings. One guys who were already at that level, just trying to stay sharp, and then just for some high school seniors, just to get thrown into some fire and play against some tougher competition.
2: Yeah, that's really awesome that they did that. It's funny, like just that climate of we just were trying to play, and I think that's where a lot of guys yeah. are yeah. at <laughs> right now. Is like they're just trying to play. They're just trying to get yeah. get some game tape, get something, um, because you could only do so many you know backyard workouts um or you know you could only get so many shots up at the local park or if you're lucky enough your coach opens a gym for you and so that's that's Mm -hmm. so awesome that they that they did that and guys are just coming like hey i just want to i just want to run could i come out here and play um that's funny i didn't know that
1: yeah um some others from that showcase, showcase uh, John Agugas, uh attacking point guard from San Diego City was uh, pretty impressive, um, uh, really aggressive, got to the paint whenever he wanted, um, and just a fierce competitor. I mean, and, and I think also what I think might have blew some of these high school kids away is just how tough and how competitive and how hungry some of these juco guys are
2: oh yeah so absolutely it's a totally <laughs> different <seen> environment <laughs> oh yeah totally different than high school basketball
0: <laughs> it, you
2: you go from yeah. in high school basketball i'm trying to build a culture where a team where a family um we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're this and that to juco hey i'm only here for two years man i'm i'm going to get my spot i'm going to get my scally and if you're in my way yep. well <laughs> you need to get out of my way so yeah, you. It's that's, yeah, that's definitely has to be a, a culture shock for some of the high school guys. Oh. But, uh, but yeah, what what about in the like Elite One Hundred showcase? I know that they had some the team sizzle guys. You know, they brought the number one player in the country, Chet Holmgren. Um, you know, obviously he's super impressive. Um, another guy I saw that was um, kind of blew up. Um, was uh, Osiris Grady from Coronado plays for uh, Las Vegas Punishers. He dunked on Chet, and uh, he got a Cal Poly offer, and then he got an Ole Miss offer. So he went from one week uh, (laughs) nobody knowing who he was uh, to now he has got a a mid-major and a high-major offer. So um, any any of those guys stand out to you?
1: Um, They stood out just because they're – so obvious like it's impossible to miss those guys right. you know um but like you said about osiris is just his his aggressiveness and tenacity rivaled a lot of the juco guys that i saw the day before um as far as chet i mean we all know chet's good
3: <laughs>
1: yeah but long story short chet chet is chet and I, what i liked about chet the most is how tough and aggressive he was with the ball and the combination I mean, it's easier for him because he's so long. But just the combination of his his dribble and his stride—I mean, he's at the he's at the rim in two steps with one dribble. Yeah, and Some elite it, it, there's handling. no at that size. <laughs> there's yeah, <laughs> it, it was just. And I think you combine that with his aggressiveness. I, I just think it made it look that much better instead of you know side to side, left to right, and a lot of shuffle or waiting for the on balls. It was just head down I'm getting in the rim and and you got guys who will be playing at the next level like backpedaling like to where it's like man I can't I can't stay in front of this guy or he's he's just too strong and too and too balanced so um yeah those two guys just stood out again AJ Store w- was good he, he kind of made a name for himself um some of the some of the younger guys that I saw um Josh Goodall from Canyon out here in Orange County um, another, another typical candy Comanche for coach Nate, uh, just a catch and shoot guy, uh, six, five, good size, um, pretty athletic. And then a kid that he didn't, he didn't score a lot, but he just, again, the coach's perspective, I love kids like this. His name was Jati says from Moreno Valley, um, five lefty, but he stood out to me because he was talking, he was pointing, he was in help. Um, he was rotating you know, he was doing all those nerdy things that, you know, us coaches <laughs> <laughs> us coaches love. You know, and, and I hey, told how do you stand out like, though?
2: I, if you're a five yeah. eleven lefty and you're out there playing against, <laughs> you know, some high major players, how the heck are you gonna stand out by doing exactly right. what you just said? You're gonna be the loudest on the floor, you're gonna bust your ass on defense every single play, and like, you took notice. Guys are going to take notice. Coaches, scouts, they're going to take notice if you're out there doing those things. So, players that are listening, please, if you're a 5'11 lefty, all right, don't be going out in these camps and shooting the ball every time you catch. All right? Go do the little things. Please. Please, have some self-awareness.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and he did, and I even pulled him aside at the end. Just, you know, hey, look, I see what you're doing. Don't stop doing that. I don't know who your coaches, but he's doing a He's doing a really good job. So just, you know, I, I recognize what you're doing and I appreciate it. And and like you say, you just you want to find your niche in 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 um, in settings like this. And there were there were a few players out there that did. I mean, I there were some guys who were out there taking charges um, Even the juco, the juco guys taking charges, you know, and you hope that you know those high school gay hey, this guy's at the next level and he's doing a lot of the dirty work so but yeah it's um uh, it, it was just extremely well-ran event given the circumstances um another another guy who's who's pretty good 2021 from agora cameron Theus, lefty shooter uh he he had a good he had a good day when i saw him um couple of of out-of-town guys which was really cool from uh, minneapolis south and minnesota uh 2024 damari larkins and 2024 jerome williams jr um both aggressive both tough and 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 as you know you've you've been around that that circuit it's it's always cool to see guys from out of town and just their approach and just kind of you know a little different, you know. There's some, some, sometimes they got a little bit of an edge to them that you don't necessarily see out here. So that that's it's it's always fun to see that, and then just how they go against, you know, some of the guys from Southern California, Arizona, or, or um or Vegas. So, um, but yeah, it, it was uh, again uh, extremely well ran event by uh by the West Coast League team for sure.
2: Yeah, it's awesome, and you know, you guys. Go check out the highlights. I know they're all over. I mean, courtside Films did some. Uh, Ball is live. Yeah, there was a lot of time. Outlets. Yeah. Um, if you guys want to catch the highlights, but um, also visit uh, visit Maddie's uh, his Twitter page. I believe it's mattyk K thirty two or thirty one. Excuse me, mattyk K thirty one. There you go. Go visit his Twitter yeah, is, page. Scroll down a little bit. And you can catch those clips there.
1: Yeah, no, nothing but stuff on college and high school basketball (laughs) you don't got to worry about me saying anything
2: (laughs) there we go so i've been doing a segment we call it the road to 50 uh we're counting down Mm -hmm. every uh state that's that started playing high school basketball uh so a recap of this past week of what we got arizona iowa massachusetts missouri they got started on monday Uh, it's funny that arizona is barely getting started because Arizona's kind of been like the safe haven, uh, for people that want to go play just because they're a little, a little lax on the, on the, uh, restrictions. Um, but their high school, like their actual high school basketball federation is starting. Like they've had the grind session there, tournaments there. Uh, but now they're actually starting high school basketball, uh, Thursday, December 3rd. Uh, that will be, uh, we're recording here on Wednesday. You guys are going to listen to this on the third, but, uh, Kansas, Nebraska, Utah. Uh, Utah was originally supposed to start like three weeks ago, and they got pushed back because there was a huge COVID spike. Um, And so they pushed it back, but they're finally getting started um, tomorrow. Uh, Then Delaware, Maryland, Montana on the 4th. So that makes 27 out of 50 states that will be playing high school basketball by the end of the week. And we're, we're getting there. There's more states playing. That's good to see. It's encouraging. Now, we had CIF announce a couple days ago a, a, a halt on season one sports. So sports in season one, so that instead of having three seasons, they broke it up into two seasons rather than fall, winter, spring. They're just calling it season one and season two. And season one sports practices got uh, postponed until January 1st. And the start date was supposed to be the eighth, I believe. So that's going to be pushed back some more. And obviously, California's um, had some huge spikes in coronavirus uh, cases throughout the winter. That was expected. Um, but yeah, we, we were still hoping to kind of get a start to the to the football season here, uh, volleyball, mm-hmm. cross country. Um, I was water polo? I don't think water polo is a fall sport. But anyways that's going to be postponed. And, um, I know that coaches are kind of saying, and they're expecting it's not official to have like one big season <laughs> in the spring, probably. And right now the, the yeah. season two is set for CIF to start March 12th. It's one of the latest start dates in the entire country. Um, what, what are your thoughts on, on all of that, Maddie, and what's kind of going on in California? I, d- that's a lot. Um, <laughs> it is it is I just, I, I, I just before you answer let, let me start a... by, by saying this actually. So I, I on a couple episodes ago I've come I've actually on, on a few episodes I've come on and say I what I do not like is how high school um, athletes are getting the short end of the deal here and they're just basically being cast aside um, mm-hmm. and it just keeps getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back and it's like, well w- what are these kids supposed to do? Um, obviously, uh, there's safety concerns and yeah, California has had some crazy high numbers. Um, and we're not only thinking of the health of the, of the kids, but you know, if they're around elderly, you know, so on and so forth, you, you get in, you know what I'm talking about. Right. But, but I, yeah, I just feel like the high school, um, athletes in California, where we have such a talent pool of athletes across various sports they're they're getting they're getting a bad deal here um and and I don't like it so I want to know your 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 thoughts on it I don't want to live in an echo chamber I I, I want to know what other people are thinking no seriously I I, I want to know what other people are thinking here so yeah what, what are your thoughts on it
1: I mean I first and foremost you feel bad for all, you know all the athletes who were just especially seniors like to be oh, yeah. spending your senior year at home in front of, you know, on Zoom and as for your classroom is, has got to be extremely tough, especially as, I mean, I'm around student athletes a lot as, as you're, are you, you just know that the kind of energy they, they feed off of on campus, you know, and whether it's from the teacher, just being around your friends like that right there, I think is. Is what worries me especially from the mental side of things mm-hmm. um absolutely because it's just you know you get into your routine and um and i think i have most most kids like school most kids like going to school most kids like being around their friends most of them want to be in front of their teachers and that's it's you know it's, it's such a such a beat to their pulse that i just i feel so bad for them right now and then let alone you add you know the athletes Who are seniors and just and just the athletes in general um i know there's some schools out there who are trying you know who are getting outside like walnut high school and joe kazam they're they've been doing things outdoors and and uh, it's been a real real kick um a positive kick to them to where you know the students are around each other again and and they're with their coaches and you talk to majority of these coaches you know, I, I believe that most of them do it for the players. Most of them do it for the guys. Most of them do it for the girls. It's, you know, their way of giving back. And then it's just it's it's just a bummer. And I, you know, I'm rooting for all these states. I think we all should. I mean, I, I know there's some that are look, you know, they frown upon it and, oh, it's not going to work. And I, I think we all need to to root for this. We all need these things to go along as positive as possible. And to go as well because you know, that, that helps out all the other states who are kind of holding back and, and went to start.
2: Right. But It's almost um, like in California, it's like, looked down upon to even say what I'm saying. Like that, that's just yeah. like so <laughs> terrible to think that, uh, starting sports up, you know, and I'm like, well, well why? Like this, some of these kids, yeah. they, <laughs> they have, they have dreams of, you know, yeah. going to college and, and playing college athletics. And right now they're looking at the rest of the country or 27 states to be exact that are playing and, mm-hmm. and they're stuck at home looking at zoom calls and stuff so that that it, you know that it sounds like we're kind of on the same page there as far as that
1: well then that and just and just i know you know some of the private schools are being able still being able to work out and get together but just some of the you know the tougher like coach porter at van nuys you know some of your tougher neighborhoods out there where kids don't have as much as, you know, maybe some other areas, you know, those are like the kids you, you really, you know, coach Baker out out in the uh, deep IE and Rancho Verde, like the guys who really guys and girls who really need to get in the gym or really need to right. get on the football field, you know, really just to, it just has some, some sense of, no, I guess normalcy, but mm-hmm they're um, every, everyone's missing something and they're dealing with something they've never dealt before. Exactly. Yeah. We've dealt with before. So that's, that's where it just really stings. You know, I mean, you know, we, you know, I can come out and play. Oh, I wish I was in a gym. site now there's, there's bigger things and there's bigger, right. pe- there's bigger things that just, th- there's more people who are hurting this by me. So
2: exactly. And that's where coaches like coach Porter over at Van Nuys and coach over at Rancho Verde, who I know personally, go out of their way for their kids. And so absolutely. I I said on my last show, you know, you need to have a coach like that in your corner. You need to have someone like that because if your coach isn't reaching out to other college coaches, uh isn't trying to to get you exposure, then
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, you're you're kind of screwed and and it's it's messed up that way. So, yeah, coaches like that who I know are going out of their way are are essential. So, yeah, I'm not just going to sit here and complain about government, you know, shutdowns or whatever. Like, yeah, you got to take some <laughs> right. responsibility for yourself, you know, right. virus or no virus, shutdown or no shutdown. You need to have coaches like that in your corner and you need to be putting in the work if you're a player for sure.
1: No, no doubt. And I, and I think they're doing that too. I mean, I, I just believe that, you know, each coach who can help in this current situation is doing so. I mean, I truly believe that because – as you know, most of the guys we know are in it for the right reasons and, and they want to help all these guys and go about as much as possible.
2: Absolutely. Um, Do do you think, uh, I've been kind of thinking about this because yeah, there, if we do have a season in, in March um, Mm -hmm. and all these other sports are playing, but you you think about it, like every other state is going to kind of be finishing their season and then California is just kind of, gonna be playing over here um do you think that'll positively impact some of the recruiting you think for some kids or at that point do you think college recruiters they will kind of have their minds made up of who they want um I'm, I'm interested I'm really interested to see how that plays out on how like you don't have everyone playing in the winter and like that that March period will interfere with AAU and I think they're saying you can play AAU and high school now at the same time so Mm-hmm. Do you think that would be like more of a positive impact, like there, if California is like one of the only states playing at that
1: time? I'd I'd like to think so, just because maybe hey, this coach who's maybe he's got a kid on a radar. Hey, I can see him play in his AAU setting, and then I can see him play in his high school setting. You know, and then each mm-hmm. coach has a different connection. Whether hey, I relate more to his high school coach, or I relate more to his AAU coach. Um, I I'd, I'd like to think that most college coaches have done their homework and know who they want and know who's on the radar and, and knows option A, B and C. I really want to believe that, but as you know, (laughs) not.
3: Oh yeah.
2: You'd (laughs) be surprised. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You'd be surprised. So
1: So I, I, and then I think that just, that just puts more on, you know, someone like myself or, or anybody else who, who wants to get guys extra exposure to, you know, push a little more and, and, and talk to more coaches like, Hey, you know, check this one out. You, he, he played really well in, in this setting and, you know, this, he might look a little different in this setting, but here's how he really is. And um yeah, I, I it's, I want to say it's going to work out for the positive, but, and then maybe, you know, with California only playing, it puts, you know, just a solo spotlight on California where that's all they can check out and that's all they can see. But I mean, it, it's tough for you know, college coaches. Now they got to adjust because usually they got their set schedules where what there's a, usually an open period in December where they can get out to the high school gym and then their normal live viewing period, you know, during AAU season. So and I think all that got pushed back if I'm not mistaken.
2: Now you, you spent uh, some extensive time, as you mentioned, uh, coaching in Chino Hills at Ayala, mm-hmm. and Chino mm-hmm. Hills recently has been an NBA hotbed. They,
3: <laughs>
2: they now, with you know Lonzo, um, Lamelo, Big O just got got drafted to the to the Hawks. Jello's in the G League, and mm-hmm. man, what what is going on over in Chino Hills? And and honestly, you know Lavar, um, Lavar Ball, who has been a controversial topic. In the media, you know the mainstream media, you know he he had his his spotlight, you know when Lonzo was playing and he was, you know, talking all, all this stuff. He's better than Steph Curry, you know, whatever. You you and I know Lavar's always been like that because we've we've been around him. Um, but man, he he's got three kids that are pros. I mean, is he not the real winner of the NBA draft here?
1: He's I think he's one of them, and, and it's funny about Lavar Le- is. Uh... I mean, when I was at Ayala, he used to come to the Ayala games. And, you know, he he was he is who he is. Like, what you see on TV is exactly oh, yeah. who he is. There's, there's no hiding. Um, but also, I, I think someone who doesn't get a lot of maybe credit or attention for this is Mrs. Ball. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've, talked, I've talked to multiple people who watched her play in college or played with her as a teammate. Oh, she was a star at stud, Cal huh? State, LA. Oh, she she was and I someone told me that I meant to tweet this out on draft now, I forgot. But so like, you know, dad was strong but clunky. But mm-hmm. like mom mom was mom was the hooper. Mom was the athlete. So what you see, when you see Lonzo out there snaking through so smoothly or when you see LaMelo with his just his natural instincts and his basketball balance, that's that's mostly mom. Yeah, so shout out to Tina Ball. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> so I think she kind of, and I, I don't think she really cares about it, but I just think that kind of gets undersold. But yeah, um, Chino Hills, and, and as far as just Chino Hills basketball, um, I think what they did for Chino Hills itself at on, on a national level was more than they could ever dreamed of. I mean, just what that gym was looking like, and and what time people got there to get in to watch the show. Um was just was just so funny to see because, you know, I, you know, grew up my grew up in my basketball life just watching it and just seeing the all the attention it was getting. Um, but yeah, I mean Chino you know, Hill's just with within our basketball community has always been solid when it comes to producing next level basketball players. Um right. for Coach Bake, there was there was I mean, Coach Don Grant did a great job and he had guys like Mark Williams, DJ Lewis, um Bishop Menci, Cam Curry, uh, Casey Sipper, all guys who played at the next level. Um, so I think that kind of gets lost in all of this, just as far as just the basketball culture that was already established.
3: Mm-hmm. But
1: once, you know, once, you know, Chino Hills jumped that next level and, and coach Bay had Zoe and Mello and Eli Scott, who I think has a chance to be a pro somewhere, whether it's NBA or overseas. I mean, um, just, just the machine that they had going for that for that time frame. It was just, it was must see, must see TV, basically. Oh yeah. Um, and just, and just uh, how committed they were to to playing that style. I mean, it's one thing when you have Jello, Mello, and Zo doing what they do, but when you have two two committed D1 garbage men. Like, oh, yeah. like Big O and Eli Scott, who were so committed to their role and and staying within the system, it just it really put that thing on another level and it was just it, it was so entertaining to watch. And just, just watching that whole thing develop and, and just just snowball downhill was was extremely entertaining to say the least.
2: Yeah. Though those those that Chino Hills team um was definitely like I don't know the next time we'll get to see something like that. If, if we'll ever see something like that uh, again and to see it with kids who they didn't just move into the area and, and they, they threw that team together. Like, no, they grew up in Chino right. Hills. Um, right. They had what, maybe like one transfer. I don't know. Did Eli Scott transfer in or was he always Eli?
1: There? Eli? Yes. Eli was at Upland high school. And that's right. Yeah. In, I think he's, that out his, I want to say, his sophomore year. Um, but yeah, that uh, they had a couple other transfers come in. But again, the core Big O, neighborhood kid, and then Melo Jello and and are all neighborhood kids. You know they, you know they they come into the ayala Chino Hills game shooting around before they grew up. So I mean, yeah, they're neighborhood kids from the get go.
2: Yeah. So th- that in itself was just like in in this era of you know, you know bot oh, yeah. bot talent t- teams throwing together. You know, you, you see, like, you know, Sierra Canyon last year, which was a phenomenal squad. You know, B.J. Boston's from Georgia. Bronny's from Ohio. Zaire was at Sherman Oaks, Notre Dame the year before. Uh, Big Herald you yep. international. Shai Odom is yeah. from the East Coast, Massachusetts, Boston, or wherever. So, you got these teams that are thrown together, all right? They're 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 international squads, and they were, you know, a great team, unstoppable, um, a Amari uh, Bailey, I think he's from Chicago too. So yeah, it's like you, you see that. Um I'm trying to think what, what kids there on that team were from California, but uh um maybe uh <laughs> we didn't oh, man, I think they <laughs> we had we uh the roster, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly don't know. But but yeah, I I just think it's so special to see like Chino Hills, you know, win win the mythical national title that year and to now have yeah. uh three of their guys or really four. Um, playing professional Mm -hmm. basketball. Um, And like you said, I I think Eli Scott, yeah, definitely has a chance to be a pro at some level, Um, whether that's overseas, whether it's G League. Maybe he works his way into the league. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, people don't talk about this too much either, but, you know, Big O's um, older brother, Namdi, you know, God rest his soul, um, he was... You know what? What would, would have been the starting center on that team, and he yeah. <laughs> he was you know you know big O's maybe about what six eight six nine, but Namdi was near seven feet, and he yep. he probably would have had a chance to work his way into the league just as just from his size alone and his mobility. He had the same athleticism that O has, and he was bigger. Um, but yeah, yep. I I think that's also like. As good as that team was, they didn't lose a game. What if they had Nomdi? It's crazy to think about.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> as if they needed more, you know. <laughs> right.
2: Exactly. But um, how, how do you think LaMelo will fare in Charlotte, Big O in Atlanta? What are your thoughts on those guys?
1: Um, I think LaMelo will be fine just because he's so – he's such a natural out there, and I think just by him playing – guys were so much older than him at a younger, when he was so much younger, like it's really hard to speed him up, you know, to get him off his pace, to get him off his lines. I just, he's such, I I mean, I think it'll maybe finally happen a little bit at the, at at the pro level because these guys are so good and so athletic, but just his, his natural basketball ability and his natural basketball balance. I I think, I think he's going to do really well. Um, Big O in Atlanta to me is Big O, is, it just seems like he's a fit anywhere um, just because he's he's such a, a, a great kid, such a, he was such a great student, um, such a selfless leader, uh, wasn't exactly vocal, but I mean, he showed he can carry a team, he, he made an impact at SC, and then his his last couple years at Chino Hills, um, or was it his senior year when they won the state, I think they won two state titles with him, but Junior year, they won CIF, and they won state. Yeah, so he's, I mean, the guy's a winner. Guys follow his lead. Um, Such a, uh, you know, you hear it all the time, lead by example, and he's that guy. I think he's going to work, and, you know, they're kind of building a positive culture um, or positive standards towards a good culture in Atlanta. Um, So I think having him in there, I think, is going to be really good for Atlanta.
2: Yeah, they're my dark horse uh, in the East right now. Um, okay. I've been, I've been telling I've been <laughs> telling people don't be surprised if they win a playoff series or two. They have put together a really good squad, um, and you know obviously Trey Trey and John Collins needed some help. I think they got the help they needed. Um, but yeah, so he he he's my dark horse, or they're my dark horse. But what about Lonzo? I think a lot of people have kind of written him off a little bit. He hasn't lived up to the hype of the the number two pick necessarily, which he was probably one of the most hype number two picks I've ever seen. And I think it it didn't really do him justice and people didn't really give him time to grow as a player. But um, what do you think of where Lonzo's at?
1: I think where he's at is, is good. I mean, just a starting point guard in the NBA, Um, what there's what, 30, 30 teams. There's 30, there's there's 30 of those. So I, he's exactly where I think, most people thought he would be. And before the bubble, he was playing some good basketball and then um, him like some others, when they got into the bubble, just didn't play exactly well. So I think a full off season to, to, you know, get things back on track. I, I think he'll be fine. Um, it's just tough because he's one of the players, like a lot of players who get stuck in the, you know, after one game, not even after one game, after one exhibition game, the jury's out. And <laughs> it's like, Oh, oh yeah. Gosh. Yeah. But the,
3: not even
2: a summer league game he he was written (laughs) off after a bad summer league game as a bust it was like yo like give the dude some time here
1: yeah it is it's just funny because all these guys need time to breathe and time to develop and and just learn the nba game because it's it's so hard like you just oh yeah and and you've you've seen all levels you've been around all levels like when you like you go to an NAIA game, like, you know, let's say I'm at Life Pacific watching our friend Coach Cook. They're playing they're playing Vanguard, and you see how big and athletic and strong these guys are. And this is NAIA in the yeah. GSAC. Yeah. And it's good basketball. And now think about, you know, three, four levels up in the NBA, what it's like. Yeah. And And, and you think about, you know, I tell this people, I tell this a lot is there's not a lot of room out there like TV doesn't do justice how big these guys are and how crowded it is out there. Like if you can complete a path in the NBA, that's something you should hang a star on. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just so hard. The game's so hard at that level. And I just think um, he kind of got, you know, like you said, just kind of the short end of the stick when it came to uh, guys getting judged early. And, and that, and that goes for a lot of these guys, you know, they get, they, the jury gets out so early and it's just kind of not fair, but, I mean, from my perspective, he's, he's in a good place, and I think he'll continue to progress.
2: Yeah, I ex- agree with you completely. Drew Holiday's no longer there. I think Lonzo you will know, take a majority of the guard uh, role now. You know, They just mm-hmm. maxed out Brandon Ingram. Zion's their, their emerging star. So he has a chance to kind of be that third guy uh, and really just showcase what he could do. Um, and, yeah, you're absolutely right. Before the bubble, he was playing some really good basketball. He's distribute. I mean, he he's a displayed some really good uh, defensive um, skills. Just playing really good on ball defense. Uh, I I've mm-hmm. definitely seen improvement there from him. But yeah, Alonzo's gonna be all right. Give him some, you know, give him a year or two, and I think we'll kind of then have a better idea of what his career will look like. But like you said, starting point guard in the NBA, <laughs> only thirty of those. Yeah. You you can't. Yeah. <laughs> how are you gonna write him off as a as a bust after that? But. But, yeah, I, I think it'll be just fine, like like you said. Some other news and some, some college recruiting. UCLA has moved up into the top five of the 2021 uh, recruiting classes, according to 24-7 Sports. Now, they, they added Mackie Tien from Brewster. He's a four-star center, 6'10". They previously only had Peyton Watson and Will McClendon, two West Coast guys. Obviously – um, I'm assuming these are guys that you you've seen quite a bit. I've seen them quite a bit, but UCLA, you know, they they, they were su- they're supposed to try to get they're trying to get back to the UCLA of old, you know, where they were, you know, the blue blood of the West Coast. Do you think that, you know, Mick Cronin and and uh, his staff over there have UCLA moving in the right direction?
1: Uh Absolutely, I, I like I like Mick. I've been a fan of Mick's, you know, with his his passion and his uh, aggressiveness as a coach. We're just watching him in Cincinnati. Um, I think just the uh, maybe he's already seen this, and maybe he knew coming in, but just the type of player he was able to get at Cincinnati as opposed to a type of player you can get at UCLA. Um, it's kind of like Ben Howland um, when he was at UCLA like Howland, the type of player he was getting at Pitt, as opposed to the type of player he was getting at UCLA, mm-hmm. which I think down the stretch, he was able to, you know, kind of, okay, these, these are my tough guys. Here are my scores. And he, I mean, had three final fours in four years. So I think he, obviously he had it figured out. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think Mick's on the right path. I think UCLA is on the right path. I mean, I like you have seen these guys. I think I saw Etienne at um, the Pangos All-American camp last, yeah, he was, he was
2: at Pangos last year.
1: He was there, yeah. So I remember seeing him and just, again, we talked about earlier in the show, just finding a niche, you know, in, 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 in different settings. And he found his niche in that setting where it's rim run, um, jump out on ball screens, uh, hit the glass, be you know, be aggressive, and just, you know, be an energy guy and get those loose balls. And, and he was absolutely that. Um, yeah, Peyton Watson's, you know, your next great one coming out of Long Beach Poly. Stud. Um, yeah, <laughs> does does
2: not get the national recognition that I think even though he's a five star guy, like no one really talks about him all that much. And maybe that's just it because is, yeah. he was a local private or public school kid. And, you know, right now, California is not playing. So you're not really hearing about him. But but man, mm-hmm. uh, every time I've seen Peyton Watson, it's like, man, this kid can really go.
1: Yeah. And it's funny. Like we, I think I was talking to our friend Devin about it. Just, I think once he figured out that like, okay, this is, it was kind of a feeling out process. I think the beginning of his maybe sophomore year when they lost some guys and he kind of became like when they lost like Daryl Polk and guys like that, mm-hmm. um, just kind of a feeling out process early. And then he kind of took off from there. Like the frame started stretching out. He started being more assertive um, and he is where he is now as on his way to UCLA. And then, a guy like McClendon, I remember seeing him at the Adidas Gauntlet at Orange Lutheran playing for I think Dream Vision. I yeah. think. Yeah, that's his team. Um, and again, we talk we talk about guys finding their niche. That team was loaded, but Will did a little bit of everything. Like his fingerprints were all over the game on the defensive end, on the offensive end, setting guys up, scoring when there was an opportunity, not forcing anything. Um to me, a guy like McClendon is is an easy fit for almost any team. Like a guy you can just plug in and he's just gonna make things happen and doesn't need the ball to make things happen. So that's you know, and then of course just, you know, being the athlete that he is and, and the size that he is, I I think that's an easy fit for almost anybody, let alone UCLA. Yeah, we we've seen,
2: like you said, in Mick Take the his Cincinnati teams, they had their identity of just oh, being yeah. really hard nose. <laughs> Um, would get into a tournament game against a, a higher seed and just take him to the very end. Um, and, it, you know, there were some struggles initially when he got to UCLA, just changing that culture. Um, but uh, I think, like you said, we're seeing a bit of a positive trend with the Bruins. Um, it's going to be interesting, you know, as he gets a couple more recruiting classes in, is does that does that does um, that message sort of take root I think, you know, Peyton Watson's definitely a great start and an athlete who is, you know, he's from Long Beach Poly. He, he's from, right. you know, one of the, the, I mean, there was a time when Long Beach Poly wasn't seen as a small public school and they were one of the powerhouses, but let's face it, you know, that, that, that was a long time ago. But um, he's someone who I think will take root to the message uh, that Mick Cronin is putting out and, and really just bust his ass. Um, for for yeah. everything that his coach is gonna gonna want him to do, and then you know he's just uber talented on the offensive end as well. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I I I mean it'd be nice. I mean I'm obviously I'm I, I root for these these guys on the West Coast, so I want to see them do well. Um, and it'd be nice to get you know some some more prominent uh, players and more prominent basketball in the Pac-12, which has been down for so many years.
1: Right. And just, and just having Peyton, I mean, you, you know, coming from Long Beach Poly, just, you know, 95% of the time, it's man to man. There's a certain level of toughness that you got to play with. And then even just on their roster now with current Southern California guys, like a Jake Kyman or a Jaime Jaquez, Um Yeah. Just it kind of, it kind of lets the top players in the area know like, Hey, this could be a place for me because he's not ignoring the locals and, and, or, or even when he takes over a program, he's not chasing the locals away. You know, um, Jeez, Hawkins put in what 55 minutes? <laughs> Last game, he played all 55. That was just that was just insane, and just a, a testament to his toughness and you know the kind of type of player that Mick Cronin wants. So yeah, I just think you know putting uh, putting some ropes around the local talent, I, I, I think uh, will send a really good message.
2: Thank you for tuning in to episode five of Believe in High School Basketball. If you like the show. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to be notified every Thursday when an episode drops. Leave a review as well. I love feedback and I want to know what you guys think of the show. You can also get updates on what's next for my show by following me on social at Bryce Broadcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And a big shout out to Maddie Kovac for coming on the show. Make sure you give Maddie a follow as well. That is at MaddieK31 on Twitter And at Maddie underscore K thirty one on Instagram. Thank you again, Maddie, for coming on the show. So awesome to have you! And uh, yeah, let's let's definitely get you on uh, another time.
1: Absolutely, Bryce. Thank you so much.
2: All right. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Believe.